Aloha, namaste. I'm Ash. Aloha, namaste. I'm Matt, and we are the Yoga Couple. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Work Podcast. Today's episode is all about healing our wounds with grief and regret, and this is a part of a series we're doing going through the themes of consciousness inside the inner work book where we explore all the different wounds, all the different themes of healing, all the different spectrum of human emotion and how to navigate and get through your emotions from where you're at. Instead of just think positive or jumping to these places of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. it's about acknowledging the more challenging or quote-unquote negative emotions and actually being able to feel them and process them and have some grace for ourselves while we're in them yeah, and the, our, the favorite thing to offer the world with the inner work is that healing is relative you know just building off what ash said is it's so easy in the self-help community to there's all this great wisdom but applied it the wrong time or the wrong place it could be like actually super not helpful and hurtful and that's the beautiful thing about the inner work is that it really takes you on the relative steps, the relative journey of it. So yeah, without further ado, let's dive into today's topic. So if you're going through anything in your life where you're experiencing grief, maybe you've experienced the loss of somebody you love, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a job or an opportunity or money, mm-hmm. Anything that has dropped you into feeling grief, mm-hmm. this episode, yeah, this episode will be for you. We're going to talk about how to navigate that and move through that emotion and some practical tools that you can implement to help yourself not get stuck. Uh, one of the caveats is that with these emotions like guilt and judgment, you know, wounds of rejection and shame, grief, loss, fear, anger, all these things. There's a necessary time and a place for us to feel them and it is healthy for you to feel them and process them. Mm -hmm. The danger zone is when we get stuck and we don't know how to process and then this emotion becomes an overall theme. That's what we call them, themes of consciousness. And it becomes your entire personality and the way you view Mm -hmm. reality. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't have the tools or the education or the support to navigate some of the bigger life traumas, specifically like this one, loss. And they can get stuck in this theme of grief for their entire lives. Mm -hmm. And maybe you've witnessed that in a parent or a friend. It's like that person that is just like they live in the past. Mm -hmm. They constantly are talking about, you know, when they were in high school or you know that when they were married and now they're divorced and like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like as if their consciousness like never moved on and they got mm-hmm. stuck in that time period and they're constantly referencing it constantly referring to it or constantly just being like if a b and c didn't happen mm-hmm. it would be this today you know right. and it's like they're constantly thinking about what they missed out on or what life would have been or could have been or should have been like if A, B, and C didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so their consciousness is stuck there and now everything in their life, they see through this lens of regret and grief. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it comes out in not just big references like this, but even in little minute moments. So somebody can say something like, man, I shouldn't have bought that. Yeah, I was going to say that was how it showed up for me, for sure. Like, like I'd always regret like deci- like decisions or purchases or something. Buyer's remorse yeah, yeah. or like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Like referring back to a past yes, conversation. Yes. And so we can overlook these things and just be like, oh, that was just like a moment. But if you really pinpoint that moment of any mention of grief and regret, I shouldn't have did this or mm-hmm. just like reflecting back on some sort of focus on loss or focus on the regret of your choice or what you did or what you said or what you bought and you see it as just like a little pin on a map and you follow a thread back there's going to be a ton of those pins and they're all going back to some major loss because this person's consciousness can get stuck in viewing life through loss and so Mm -hmm. somebody could go through the exact same situation of saying that thing or buying that thing and they wouldn't go i shouldn't have did that i shouldn't have bought that or why'd i do that or ab they they don't see it that way Mm -hmm. and so what we're trying to introduce to y'all is that 
when somebody has a habitual pattern of behavior like this, like theme of consciousness, it usually is related to some unhealed wound or unhealed trauma and they're not even aware that they're getting stuck in it. Right. And I think also not even aware that it is actually uh, an artificial imprint on their personality. Like that's not who they, because the most common thing we see in doing this healing work is that the number one assumption that the ego makes is this is just who I am and this is just how I am. And it's like, well, actually when we peel back the layers and start doing inner work, we realize that actually the majority of your personality is conditioned. And so this is one of those good examples is when we are preoccupied with loss or in the past and filled and we're constantly with filled with regret, we might think, oh, that's just how Matt is. Like he's always, that's just how I am, you know, or that's just how so-and-so is. We might think that's just their personality, but it's, but it's not, it's actually a wound and it's a wounded state that's just never been reconciled. And so to speak more to what Ash was just saying is that when we start to pay attention to the little nuances of our lives and our conversation, our communication, these are all tells. And so as Ash was saying that, you know, all I could think of is like, yeah, it's like, these are the tells. These are the, the ways you can tell that there's a wound that is unresolved. And the biggest one I think that I see with this is maybe someone lost a parent or a friend or something. Usually it's like a parent or a grandparent uh, when they were young and the, or, or a parent got divorced and they lost, you know, they, they lost their dad or they lost their mom and then like they're not in their life anymore. Yeah. And usually it's like a childhood loss. And then because it was never healthily debriefed with other adults around or whatever the case may have been, that then turns into the personality trait that now 20 years later as an adult, they don't realize that that original loss has never been reconciled in their consciousness. And so now they have all these personality traits that have been, have been deemed just who they are. Yeah, but you get consumed by the grief and... Mm -hmm. And the whole, maybe it wasn't debriefed. It a lot of the times it's because the adult also doesn't know how to process oh, for sure. the grief, and yeah. so they don't know how to process the grief. So they're getting stuck in the grief, and then the, yeah. the kid is getting stuck in the grief as well. And, and, and real quick, just to speak to that, and that's actually how all usual trauma and wounding happens. It's not the trauma; it's how we felt after the trauma that really imprints us the most because if a if an adult or parent or mentor or friend knows exactly how to help us heal through that it wouldn't negatively affect us that's what's crazy about when you look at trauma is you can have two people in the the same extreme trauma and if one has the support and the in the ability to have someone help them process through it and heal it they're fine no negative impact whatsoever they move on just fine but most of us do not get that because the parents and the adults and the friends around us don't even have their own shit figured out. And so they're swimming in the trauma themselves. They don't know. They're drowning in it too. And so they usually don't know how to truly help be there for us as or children. Or you just or don't even have friends. access to somebody, period. 100%. Like you, you don't have support, period. Mm -hmm. So the goal of this episode in all the episodes that are a part of this series you can go back and listen to the different themes we've already covered is to help you not get stuck it's mm -hmm. to help you healthily process these emotions and move through them acknowledge them they need to be acknowledged there yeah. there's a time and a place for you to healthily experience grief yeah, it, it's regret. necessary mm -hmm. uh, the goal though however is that your consciousness doesn't get stuck in a theme of consciousness of grief and it becomes your overall life view yeah we don't want your personality to become through that lens of grief. Uh, what's that cartoon where they have all the different emotions? And like, it's like the girl, the little girl, and inside her head, she's got like sadness and she has joy. Yeah, I know exactly. The, it's like a Pixar. Yeah, I know exactly what it is, but I can't seem to think of oh, the name. If anybody wants to uh, comment or maybe DM us later or email us later, um, if you know what episode or know what show we're talking about, that's what this is all about. It's mm -hmm. like not building an entire personality from the the unhealed wounds yeah. that, that you've been through. And mm -hmm. so here are some of the things to recognize if you maybe in are in grief, the wound of regret, what it would sound like so you can identify like, yeah, I'm there. That's me right now. You would be saying things like, why did they abandon me? 
Why did they leave me? Why did it have to end? Mm-hmm. Who, who am I going to be without this? Others only want me when it's convenient for them and then they move on. I'll never be the same after this. I can't move on. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I did that. That was a waste of money. I can't believe I broke that. I can't believe I lost that. It would have been different if fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. I probably made the wrong choice. This always happens to me. I shouldn't have listened to them. I missed out. Life is going to be so sad and depressing without X. Those poor people, what a sad situation. They lost so much. Mm -hmm. And so if those are things you say or feel or think, this is not to like call you out and be like, you know, it's just to bring awareness to the habitual theme of loss, regret, sadness that you seem to focus on. And that there is another side to this that will reopen up a beautiful view of life again. And yes, that that's not hope. actually that's not actually the only way it has to be now. I think one of the biggest things that happens when we go through extreme loss is the the mind and the ego becomes attached to the tragedy and it has a hard time letting life be beautiful ever again. No, it's just sees loss everywhere. Now. Yeah, now it's just like this whole place is lost. And so then it becomes fixated on that. And in, part of the healing here is the next theme as we work the themes would be to move into facing the fear of the unknown, the fear of, okay, now what, you know? And that's where we, that's, that's progress. That's where we need to head to. But what happens is the mind becomes fixated on the loss. And in order to move into that next theme of facing the fear of the unknown, and then trying to build more positive momentum again is we have to reconcile our relationship with loss. And just to plant the seed on this, and we'll keep unpacking it through story and whatnot is the goal is to realize that loss implies gain and death implies life and that loss actually is the recipe for rich gratitude deep deep gratitude and that that loss is actually when processed in a healthy way it's actually the catalyst for profound presence um so here's a story to give example so if if you lose someone the blessing that that can be transmuted from that pain is you will be profoundly present with everyone who is still in your life and who you do still love and who is around you because you will never probably take them for granted ever again because you have tasted of the impermanence of life it also you know opens you up to yes. realizing the gratitude that you have in the time that you have with the person yes. that you lost and because humility. you realize like nothing is entitled nothing is owed to you like i'm not entitled to access this person yeah. or this person didn't even have to exist in my life and the fact that i yes. even got to taste that sweetness of yes. their presence for the short time that i did or for the time that i did that is a gift not a loss because yes. when we yes. focus on loss it comes from this like sense of entitlement like i should have mm-hmm. had access to mm-hmm. them longer or they mm-hmm. should have been around longer or they should have been alive longer or this should have been in my life longer and it's like this should have would have been in my life longer mentality is actually if we really humble ourselves and we have the courage to just think about that for a second means that we have a belief of entitlement that Mm -hmm. this was owed to us Mm -hmm. and it got taken from us and that's why it hurts because something Mm -hmm. that was owed to us got taken from us and we Mm -hmm. feel the loss of that Mm -hmm. versus the fact of the matter is like i don't even know how i am here (laughs) i wake up here every day i have no (laughs) idea how i got here and i didn't know you know this person and they were in my life and like that yeah. in and itself was a miracle gift that like yeah. even if i had a second with them wasn't owed to me but yet i got to experience yeah, that lucky. and so like that's like a transition that helps us yeah um but i want to say one more thing is that those affirmations like that i was reading not affirmations <laughs> they were uh patterns thought. pattern thought patterns are from the book the inner work book which we have linked in the uh show notes and as Matt was saying, like the transition is to embrace change and to kind of make this 
peace with impermanence yeah. it's like as we're saying like you have gratitude and, and that will naturally bring up fear of the unknown of like oh my gosh like what does that mean you know like everything's impermanent and you have to face that fear yeah is that like in the inner workbook we even have it written that you know the trigger to get falling into grief is like you have a sense of perceived loss the program that your consciousness gets stuck in is i'm gonna resist change now yeah and and that's what it's looking for all the time it's like anything changes they see it as a loss anything changes it's a it's a loss Mm -hmm. it's a problem it's a sad thing yeah instead of this whole perspective matt is inviting us to tap into of well wait a second what if you didn't lose anything because nothing was even owed to you and it actually was a gift in the first place yeah and it always was going to be temporary yeah and you didn't realize because of that sense of entitlement yeah it's just yeah it's heavy it's what the ego does though um it also made me think of this theme is also the same as regret and as ash was saying how the ego gets entitled um this is another thing when we when we have humility regret is also just the ego being uh very prideful and so it's like i wish i didn't do that i wish i would have done that and life's like that was exactly what was supposed to happen like you thought that was the best choice at the time and you did the best you could and if you would just be humble you would realize that that was exactly what you needed to go through and even if it was a total screw up and it totally caused a bunch of pain when we're humble we're able to say and yet that was the best decision i knew to make at the time and so when we have humility and compassion for our human condition we can make peace with these two concepts the loss and that nothing's owed to us and then that has the recipe to create profound presence and beauty and gratitude and then regret is the humility to see life as a place to gain wisdom and that you're not perfect and entitled to perfect decisions and never have suffering like that's not what happens here but actually when we have suffering and we make choices that have horrible consequences that also sets us up for the beauty of being wiser because you will never be wiser if you didn't make horrible choices if you didn't bring suffering how could you be wise you you have to make decisions that bring suffering and hurt yourself and others sometimes in order for you to become a loving person for in order for you to become a compassionate empathetic person to be someone who is mindful of their choices mindful of their presence because you have a healthy relationship with regret and so in these two situations there's a there's a paradox with healing when we have an aversion to feeling something that's when we get stuck in it so when we have an aversion with making peace with loss it becomes a pattern for us we become stuck in it because we refuse to process it when we have an inability and an aversion to facing healthy regret and making peace with regret we refuse to learn we refuse to move forward so whenever we have an aversion or an attachment to something as we know in yoga philosophy is that attachments and aversions are what create the suffering so in this case we're usually uh well you could say you're attached to it but likewise usually it, it, we would think of it and resonate with it more as we have an aversion to it so like i never want to experience loss and i never want to experience regret and it's like well that's part of being human well, you have attachment to the thing so it's like yeah and then you have attachment to i'm attached to this person attached to good or choices. attached to this place or the situation it's like i can't leave it i can't move on from it i cannot change and it's like yes that keeps us in this fear of losing it and instead we need to move into the fear we need to face the fear of Of you are going to lose it eventually yeah like you need to accept like it is impermanent and face that fear and make peace with it and stop avoiding that fear and yeah go ahead yeah so all i was going to say um to wrap that thing up is what we always say is like grieve learn learning to grieve with gratitude it's learning to see regret and loss as gifts of some higher gratitude or higher wisdom so with the topic of loss it's leading to gratitude and presence and humility in order to be grateful you have to be humble they're kind of they go together so so by being grateful you are being humble and realizing whoa like my whole existence isn't owed to me this whole thing is a gift and then the second thing is with regret we are able to grieve our past choices or maybe mistakes or things that brought overwhelming consequences for us 
and in, and if we learn to gr- grieve with gratitude or in other words regret that with grace and gratitude we will actually learn and we'll be able to say wow that was extremely painful i don't ever want to do that again and that's the irony when when we were looking at the theme of judgment for example and and overwhelm i think we mentioned it in that episode too of there's an irony of when we don't let ourselves feel the full weight of emotions of these more uncomfortable emotions we don't ever process the full lesson but when you actually let yourself truly have a healthy relationship with regret and you say man like that that was like really horrible decision like fuck like i should not have done that and you let yourself feel the weight of it especially if it had extreme consequences like what comes to mind is let's say you know i'm drunk driving and like i accidentally killed someone like super huge right like these things happen and this is a good example of a tragedy in the theme of loss you know so something like this really heavy and there's a healthy relationship of letting yourself regret that and then once you feel that fully you need to come out the other side and say wow like i will never do that again like i will be so much more mindful but the irony is when we refuse to feel it what happens is instead of saying oh my gosh what can i learn from this i like really don't ever want to do that again and i have a healthy relationship with loss and regret instead we say man i just just shouldn't have done that and i guess i should have just never done that and we just stay stuck in the past like oh well before i made that decision you know i was doing fine i yeah i think that it would look like the person constantly being uh preoccupied with their life before the yes, mistake there you go nailed it and as if there was a timeline where this that couldn't have happened this couldn't yes. have happened nailed it and it's like exactly that's impossible yes. it's an impossible uh what is that word hypothetical yeah that they so get stuck on as if it's life. even a possibility and yes. it's like that's not the reality yes. the reality is you did make this choice yes. and now you need to face the fear of what your life is going to look like yes. after the mistake yes, and it's like they can't let go they cannot let go because they're so attached to who they were before yes. the thing or before the loss or that what their life looked like it's also like somebody i have a family member who uh was very wealthy and uh like a estranged family member who was very wealthy and then uh lost all of the money and if that is something that happens to you and you go from like big big money to like no no money your consciousness might get stuck in who you were when you had all this money and not reconcile like your life now and moving forward after that loss and i think that's what uh it can look like it could be like trapped in the past before the big event happened. good old days you cannot see yourself in this new reality and be present with it and face the fear of the unknown well who am i going to be now without that whole identity i had and so like here's a couple of ways that grief and regret can play out you mentioned it you mentioned a few so one is you you lost somebody we've, we've talked about that it's like mm-hmm. you have gratitude that you even got access to them secondly is like you made a choice you mm-hmm. made a choice that you regret and now you're stuck in uh who i was before that choice mm-hmm. uh and it's it's hard or before the loss mm-hmm. something changed in your life and, mm-hmm. and you you had an identity that you are attached to and you have grief for that identity. Yeah. And then the third thing is like you make a choice and it had overwhelming consequences. Mm-hmm. And now you're grieving your own fuck up basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're moving into the grief of your own um your own yeah, like I did this kind of thing. And mm-hmm. all of these are different ways that our consciousness can get stuck in grief and regret. And we've had to navigate this in our own relationship. Yeah. We've made plenty of mistakes. We've had plenty of big, you know, pivots of like, well, what if that didn't happen? Yeah. We would have been A, B, and C here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, especially, um, I've had to do a lot of healing with this one because it, it was it was just natural for me to um, get stuck in thinking about what could have been. And I think Ash, I was like over here being like, yes, because that is exactly how let's tell our story. I would get stuck in things of when I, 
would make poor choices that led to us taking huge losses. I think it's natural for me. My tendency is to delude myself to thinking this way of like, there's another timeline where I wouldn't have done that. But then what would get weird is I would spend so much time living in grief and regret, living in this other alternate reality that doesn't exist, that I'm so worried and or I'm so preoccupied with that that I'm not finding any solutions to move forward. I'm just stuck and I won't be proactive and find solutions. I'm too busy just at. being looking in the past and dreading and focusing on like, I wish that never happened and oh uh, well now that that happened now i can't and it's like it also led to a bunch of this excuse making what's the uh bible parable where the wife god says like don't look back and then she turns to stone i don't remember the name is it lot yeah yeah i think that's they're leaving right. i think yeah. like the, the story is like there's danger behind them right like everything's burning or something like that yeah something like, like that there's some big tragedy behind them i don't remember the story so so or sorry they're like leaving a city of sin or yeah. I don't know, something like that but the the it's like don't look the back. command is like don't look back or else and she can't help but look back at the yeah. loss the grief and she turns to stone and i think that's a really good yeah. parable because looking back freezes you you cannot move forward you are frozen and stuck in time yeah. she could not move forward uh with her husband and and real quick too i think to build off that parable what's coming up intuitively is is i think what it's getting at also is i i'm pretty sure this the narrative is they're like leaving a, a toxic life like yeah. a sinful city or something like babylon or whatever yeah. and i think now what's coming up is it's when we get lost uh, focusing on maybe what we're giving up. And I think what that parable really jumps out to me is coming up for me right now is like, let's say you're giving up a toxic past. Yeah. Don't look back on it and like think about it and dwell on it. Focus on moving forward. Right. So whether that's negative choices that you've made in the past, um, l let them go and let yourself be new. Yeah. And then when you, and when we look back on it, we can get lost in it. I think there's like a million different ways we could take that. I'm like, I have my mind is like racing with so many examples of yeah, like how we could extrapolate lessons from that. But I think the point is just this: regret is a teacher. It's supposed to be a teacher and help us move forward with more wisdom. When we get stuck focusing on the past, we focus on the loss. And we're stuck in grief. And we miss the gain. The tragedies you've been through make you a wiser, more mature person. It's yeah. just that simple. And I love it's like, but we, but we hate that quote. He's like, your trials didn't come to punish you. They came to awaken you. Yeah. And we, we all want, this is the ego's delusion. And this is why I was saying like, this is definitely, this was my temptation. Also, the ego wants a pain-free life and it wants to be super wise and super mature and super wealthy and super healthy with zero discomfort. No <laughs> pain, <through> no <laughs> suffering, and it wants all the good shit with nothing negative ever happening to it. And that's the delusion. You don't get to be a wise, mature, enlightened person without suffering. Yeah. You don't get to be an extremely present, grateful, full of love, full of life, full of joy person without loss. Yeah, It's just, there, there's a, in this healing journey, it's really about reparenting our inner child that wasn't taught how to be mature. Because we think we're getting punished. We when think we're getting punished. Happen. We yeah, we think something bad is happening. We and think it's, it's like, our karma, like in a negative way. Like it's yeah. like it's oh, a blessing. I you know I karmically have to go through this because I was such a bad, horrible person, or something. you know I wasn't yeah. enlightened enough, or like. I'm only suffering because I'm I'm not there yet. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, Even when you're there in your enlightened state, in your highest self, you will go through pain. You will experience loss. You will have hardship happen to you. You will just go through it differently. And I think yeah. like that's what we're that's not the told. massive misconception. I think especially with new age spirituality, we have this delusion that being in a higher state of consciousness or being a high frequency means that hard things don't happen to you and bad things don't happen to you because that is a direct correlation to your vibration 
and it's yeah. not. Yeah. You're going to go through hard things. You're going to experience loss. You're going to go through challenges. You're just going to go through it differently. Yeah, with wisdom and grace and gratitude. And that is the only sure. difference. For it's sure. how you go through it is going to be based on your theme of consciousness. Not all of a sudden these things are just going to disappear from your life. Yeah. So let's talk about the transition out of grief and regret and some practical steps that we can take to not get stuck here. So obviously, one of the things we've been mentioning is that these lower emotions are necessary and you need to feel them and you cannot move out of grief and regret if you don't let yourself feel yeah and and i'm glad this came back up just now i want to make sure and say this is part of the healthy grieving process is it's okay to feel that you miss someone or something it's okay to cherish that it's just doing it with gratitude versus entitlement and loss so i just want to nuance this real quick especially with losing a person, it's okay to miss them. It's okay to, because it's a form of cherishing your love for them. But here's the huge nuance and caveat. You can miss someone and it can be like that entitled energy of like, oh my God, lost. I just miss them. I can't go on without them. I'll never be the same. And you can just be just stuck and sucked into the black hole of loss which is actually your ego's entitlement, or you can miss them and cherish them with a, with a tone and an energy of gratitude of, oh my God, I'm just like, can't believe I got to have that time with them. I miss them. I cherish them so much. They were so special to me. It's amazing. I can't wait to live with the memory of them now. And here's what I always think of too. Think of it as, let's say you really want to honor, like let's say Ash, one of us passed. Yeah, of course, that would be devastating and I would miss her in, in completely and utterly. But there's a there's a thing here. If I just become swamped and lost and I think I'm honoring her by becoming lost in my grief for her. And let's imagine she's like a spirit right next to me. She wouldn't feel like I'm really getting the point. She would be like, what are you doing? Like you're not living and honoring me at all. You're actually ruining your own life now. And now, if anything, you're turning my gift into a curse because like now you, you're, you're, you're swamping your life because I left you when, when I was supposed to be a blessing in your life. So check this out. What I'm getting at here is, so now let's say I'm grieving with gratitude and I say something more like this. It's like, I'm going to take everything she gave me and I'm going to live fully as an embodiment of what she taught me. What would you, what would you do if I died to honor my like spirit like what would you think like would what are some of the things that i've left you with that you would like really take to heart and like do or become because yeah of that's a profound question so i think what immediately comes to mind is how i would honor you is to strive to be the potential you saw in me right how can you honor a loved one more than to say i'm going to live as full as that person wanted me to live. And now if we were to use this analogy of the spirit there, they'd be so happy. They'd be like, they got it. So can oh, you be specific you. for our relationship? No, oh, okay. I want to know. <laughs> I think, okay, I think that um, for starters, I think striving to, to be my best self in all ways and um, to continue to be uh, a, a person of integrity and to be compassionate and to be sweet and to be kind because I think those are all the blessings and gifts you give me in my life to to be I think face my insecurities to be the leader that you see me to be to be to not just you know my tendency is to just hermit out and be like nobody needs me I don't need to do anything and I think that um I think I would try to be my biggest, brightest self because I think that's what you wanted for me and what you saw me capable of, but I just was too insecure to go for it. And so I think I would just live more fearlessly because I think that's what you bring to me is like you break me out of my comfort zone and you you stretch the possibilities for me because I have the tendency to... Um, what's the word like restrict or confine myself or what's possible and I think you're like or 
<laughs> or there could be more you could do more or whatever so I don't know I think I mean kind of on the spot on this one but it's like yeah I think I would just try to be live as bright and as compassionately and kindly and and lovingly as possible and big and big as possible yeah or you would max out I would try to max out and that would be the way I would honor you now now this is actually really funny too for this particular example is because I know for you that would honor you the most is to live up to my potential but see if I got lost in grief and regret it's literally the opposite looking I would wallow, I would be stuck, I become an alcoholic, I become drowning in my pain. Oh, be, I can't now because she's gone. And I'd be stuck, never living anymore. I'm getting really emotional. Like, I, well, yeah, right? it's it's a heavy topic. I do not want that. Like, so, if course, I yeah. pass before you, like, that was all true. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I would, um, I think it's so important for us to really sit with. I think whenever I'm, um, counseling someone through a loss of a loved one this really helps us resonate with if you really want to honor them and how much they meant to you become your brightest best self because of it not your darkest you being stuck in grieving and wallowing is not honoring them they're actually like super sad for you now and they're like oh fuck like they missed the point so let this be if you are grieving a loss let this be your wake-up call and permission that this this loss this soul that you lost is this is them trying to tell you right now you will honor them and be closest to them by becoming the person and honoring what they gave to you what they blessed you with what they what the gifts they were to you in your life become an embodiment of them yourself live the way they they lived in and saw for you and be an embodiment of the gifts they gave to you that's what they really want. That's where you, and you'll also feel your best and you'll feel like you're honoring their memory the most. Yeah. You'll be living in the gift. But but we gotta we gotta come back to this though. What about you? You're gonna put me on the spot. I gotta oh. put you on the spot. What, 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 if you, I know you were getting a little emotional, so, but let's circle back to it. Don't get, don't get too lost in it. But if I were to pass, <sighs> how would you yeah how would you yeah it's not so easy is it how would you live and honor me i think i would find ways to be more present and slow down oh really <laughs> and connect with nature and i would feel very connected to you by mm. being outside being by the ocean being ugh, <laughs> by trees i feel like i would just um i would take in the magic a little bit more and look for every little sign and symbol of mm -hmm. like you or god speaking to me mm -hmm. and i would celebrate myself more I think I would be proud of myself. Yeah, your hype man would be gone. I would have to hype myself <laughs> up the way you hype me up and hype yeah. yourself up. I think I would. I think I would be like more like badass, maybe. <laughs> like I would be like. I'm glad that that's what I pass on to you. Be a badass, babe. Yeah, like I think I would be like, don't fuck with me. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I would like that's be my own my protector. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like the way you would. Yeah. I think I would like do all the things that like you showed me how to do yeah, that you yeah. do that you do embody and carry for me and for mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. I think I would like try to embody some of your best personality traits <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay well we're here it's okay. okay we're not but this is good it's good that we're thinking about it and um i do think it's it's interesting i would want you to travel more honey yeah i know I'd want i was thinking that <laughs> when i said live up to my potential and be biggest i was I'd thinking you, you would want me to travel everywhere in the world that's why i mentioned the hermit thing and take a picture in I front know. of everything okay i know i know <laughs> you i would go see the whole world for you and i would say she wanted me to travel and not be a hermit yeah 
so okay so this is this is beautiful i think what's what's really cool is as i listen to that too i'm like yeah like if i was if i was you know a spirit next to you watching you live that way i'd be so happy and i'd be like oh my gosh like i'm so happy for you but again if i saw you just like stuck and like completely shutting down i'd be so sad and so i again i just want to keep coming back to for you listening if you've gone through a loss like that person wants you to be brighter than ever not dimmer they they want you to to live with what they passed on to you and every person passes on to you some sort of gift through their beingness and notice like ash and i's as we think about how it would be to lose each other and how we would honor each other the most through gratitude is we would want to become embodiments of what they showed us and what they gave to us and what they saw in us or saw in life yeah. and so you, we honor we honor loss by becoming embodiments of the gift do you see do you see the paradox again you see the um duality of it by by overcoming loss we focus on the gain by overcoming regret we focus on the wisdom and that's how we move through this this theme and then that by doing that it helps us move into facing the fear of the unknown so what is life going to be like without my wife yeah. now what is life going to be like without my husband and now? we have to trust that there's still more there's still so there much is more. still more goodness and there's yes. still more richness to life and it's it's not over so yeah i'm gonna read uh the transcendence out of the inner workbook and the new narratives oh but hold on real quick i wanted to say this too before we moved on is okay so that's emotional for us to have to think about losing each other yeah but actually we do this often yeah and i would encourage if you are in a relationship you actually should do this often to keep you present yeah. because one of the number one deaths of a relationship well that's maybe not the right word to use no pun intended there um, one of the um, something that drains and limits a relationship is taking each other for granted expecting and, that they're and just expecting they're always going to be there and and this is also what we see in relationship counseling with marriage is the 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 thing with people in committed relationships is they tend to actually show up less because they're like oh well you committed to me forever now so you're always going to be there and a, a side effect accidentally sometimes is that when we're in a committed relationship we start to take them for granted more and then we start showing up less and being our like least you know impressive self and our worst self and so what's really empowering is if you are in a relationship you actually should make peace with the possibility of losing them at any minute not in a morbid way but because it will make you extremely present, extremely grateful, you'll actually love them more profoundly than ever. Like Ash and I are probably going to have to go have a whole romantic day together, together now because we thought of this today. Yeah. And we're probably going to be so present and in love with each other even more because we did take the time to feel into that. It's almost like you need to accept the loss and the death as it is inevitable. Like not just even contemplating what if it happens you need to yeah. accept it's going it is to happen a, yeah and, and this also applies to our own deaths yeah. i think that people have this illusion that like they're not going to die because the ego doesn't want to think about that yeah but there's actually something really profound of when you spend time contemplating your own death yeah you will live 100 fully trust me you will not live less yeah. trust me if you think i am inevitably going to die and if you think it could be tomorrow it could be in a week it could be in a few months years you will 100% be like, well, shit, I better get to it. So I better like live fuller. I better go for my dreams. The healing of grief, in a sense, is to grieve before you lose. Mm -hmm. The healing of grief is to grieve before you lose. Mm -hmm. So that you have already conquered it. You need to grieve now that everything you love will die. Everything mm -hmm. that you love will pass. And then because you faced the fear of the unknown now before the loss, mm -hmm. you're able to live in presence and gratitude. And see all the gain instead. With grief and death fully yes. here always. Yes. So here's the transcendence from the inner workbook. This is the first edition, so it might be a little different in the second edition. Um, to transcend grief... We must face our fear of loss through accepting the 
inevitability of change Mm -hmm. and stepping into the fear of the unknown. All humanity experiences loss eventually. Nothing is permanent. All things shall pass. No one is immune. Instead of getting stuck in grief, invite yourself to see the constant change of life actually adds richness, gratitude, and profound awe for all that is temporal. The death of significance, meaning, and preciousness of life is elevated through honoring the fleeting nature of all things, not diminished. When we expect change, we don't take life for granted. We cherish it. Every moment is a sacred gift that we are not entitled to and is filled with far more passion and presence. Instead of seeing all that we lose in each moment, we instead affirm all that we are also gaining in each new moment. For if things never cease to leave, it also means life never ceases to give. Thus, we can let go of knowing it all comes back around. Life keeps flowing. Nothing is permanent, including grief. All things have a season. Death and change are a natural part of the cycle of life. When we allow grief to flow through us without attachment, we fully experience what it means to be human, care for others, and appreciate the preciousness of life. The next level of transcendence is to release attachment to the external world as the source of our happiness and love. The love and joy we experience through people, places, and situations are actually coming from within us. The external world is just providing us an opportunity to express it. The perception of the loss itself is the actual limitation and source of suffering. In truth, no loss is possible. Ultimately, the fear we must face is the unknown of what life would be like without our grief and regret. Mm. New narratives for you to uh, feel, absorb, say out loud. This too shall pass, the good and the bad. I'm grateful for every moment I get to enjoy. I take nothing for granted. Life is a gift. I'm entitled to nothing. People, places, and experience come and go. I allow people the freedom to come and go out of my life. I honor the precious time we have together. People are allowed to change their mind. I allow life to flow through me. I'm present with this moment. Everything changes. I let go of all my attachments. Things change for reasons I may not understand, but I trust in the goodness of life. I'm excited for the transitions that come into my life. I look forward to change with optimism. I'm grateful. No one can give me love. Love is within me. I'm not afraid to be alone. And that moves us into facing the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. The next uh, chapter of the inner work book and the next podcast episode <laughs> we will do is facing fear. <laughs> yeah. So just to, to leave this on a, on a beautiful note is that although regret and grief can be painful one one of the the more painful experiences to go through as human as humans it's also what gives us our humanity it's also what makes us profoundly capable of of love and connection and appreciation and i know it's the last thing our egos ever want to feel and think about but i can promise you as someone who has been meditating on and contemplating my death for over you know for like 15 years now like deeply contemplating this topic on a regular basis i think that's why i'm such a ridiculously stoked present person like ash is saying earlier like there's a reason for that it's because i have deeply freaking thought about this and it makes you madly in love with life and it also makes you live with no regret because the only regret you'll ever have is not showing up to your life that's the that's the only one so if you're showing up you have nothing to regret and even if you're making mistakes i never i never regret a mistake i only regret not going for things only because i've contemplated well if i die tomorrow am i really gonna give a shit if i made a mistake no i'm gonna be like dude good job you went for it so by contemplating your death by contemplating change by contemplating loss you live regret free not in a sense you don't learn anything but regret free in its toxic form in the sense of you live fully, you live brilliantly, brightly, lovingly, compassionately, empathetically, you live in your dream, you live you live completely full. That's the thing, you live full. That's the blessing on the other side of this one. And with all the wounded themes, they all have a blessing. They all have a gift or um, in the new edition, what we say is like, it's like, it's trying to teach us something. And so loss and regret is trying to teach us wisdom and presence, gratitude and 
being um being wise thank you so much for tuning in <laughs> to the inner work podcast if you love this episode we would love it if you would leave a review it helps us so much if you don't have the inner work book you can get it in the link in the show notes it's available on amazon audible and kindle and we also invite you to join in this challenge that we're doing going mm-hmm. through each theme in the book uh, with a podcast and a inner work yoga class you can join the inner work facebook group to be a part of it uh we're posting the yoga class the podcast and i think we're going to turn this into an email sequence where you can get all the uh information on how to go through each theme one week at a time Mm -hmm. as well as the reading pages from the inner work book we also would like to invite you to join us for our inner work 200 hour yoga teacher training it's an eight month program and if you love this kind of conversation and you like hanging out with us you're the perfect person for this program it's a very intimate teacher training it's online you can go to sacredyogainstitute.com. That's our school, sacredyogainstitute.com. The program is a 200-hour, eight-month program in inner work yoga where you do a deep dive into your own self-healing, into healing your your own inner child wounds, which we're addressing through this series, uh, learning how to somatically remove these blockages just not in your consciousness but in your body through yoga and breath work and meditation and pranayama and kundalini kriyas and and not just on a personal level you also are empowered to teach to become a healer to learn how to become an inner work inner work coach yoga teacher do everything that we do and we're very close to all of the trainees in our program. We have one-on-one mentorship calls with all of our teachers. We teach live on Zoom every week. You get to have two-way interaction with us. It's all this kind of conversation from the podcast on a much deeper deeper level. Mm-hmm. And then you get the inside of how to become a facilitator yourself, how to help others, how to help people heal, how to walk people through these themes, how to create experiences, classes, retreats, workshops, all the things that will help people in their own self-healing journey using the inner work, themes of consciousness, but also yoga technology, the chakras, and all of the different tools and modalities I had mentioned, asana, breath work, kundalini kriyas. It's an amazing program. It's our heart and soul. Mm -hmm. And we would love for you to join us if you're a regular listener to this podcast. You're literally the exact person that we created this program for. It's people who really want to go deeper Mm -hmm. and who can talk about this stuff endlessly. Uh, So sacredyogainstitute.com. And once you apply, the next step is it will ask you to book a call. Either myself or Matt get on a call with you. People usually are like weirded out by that. They're like, really? I just like thought it was going to be someone else on the phone. But it's like, it's you're going to call. It's going to be me and Matt. We'll talk to you. We'll get you all signed up for the program. And then we'll be with you for eight months, uh, getting to know you on a very personal level. I feel like everybody in our training, they like start out as people in the training, but then they become our friends and like our deeper community. And we have really amazing relationships with everybody in the training and our graduates. So yeah, we would love to meet you. Okay. Until next time. Namaste. Namaste.